0: Hi everyone i'm deirdre fitzpatrick and this is the dying desk podcast we're talking about procrastination today more on that in just a little bit see what i did there total dad joke don't you think and that's kind of appropriate for today's guest my guest is patrick quinn and he is a parenting expert at brainly brainly is a learning platform that helps families with homework and it kind of incentivizes kids to help each other through a kind of gamification, a little bit difficult to explain, but Patrick does a brilliant job explaining what Brainly is. He is a dad of three, but before becoming a parent, he was a middle school special ed teacher in Brooklyn. He moved to Hawaii and the cost of living made him rethink the economics of teaching. And right around the same time, his brother-in-law had started a site called lifeofdad.com. So he started creating content. He'd always liked writing and creating things. So he started doing content. And over the span of a couple of years, he created a few things that went viral, including something called the Cheerio Challenge, which once I describe it, I know you're going to remember it. Basically, it was his dad holding this newborn baby, and he stacks Cheerios on the sleeping baby's nose. And hilarity ensues. And it went viral. And then he got a Cheerios deal. (laughs) He'll tell you that story on the podcast today. So what started off as being kind of a creative outlet during a time of life turned into Patrick becoming a parenting expert at Brainly and his blend of educational expertise, plus real world dad experience, plus his uncanny knack of connecting with people and his just immense likability, truthfully, make him kind of the perfect person to be doing what he's doing. So on this Dying to Ask, we're talking procrastination. And while he's technically a parenting expert, Patrick's advice is good no matter how old you are, whether you're a kid or adult. And we'll also talk about why devices in our life, whether it's our laptop at work, our streaming services, our cell phones, why these devices make procrastination that much difficult to try to control, and also the dangers of not controlling it early on and of not getting some systems in place to really help young brains especially deal with procrastination. And then how do you become a parenting expert these days? Patrick will walk us through his career, what led to what, And we'll talk to him a little bit about how he took a creative outlet and turned it into a bonafide career. It's a really interesting story. Patrick Quinn is my guest this week on Dying to Ask. I'm Deirdre Fitzpatrick, and I've been anchoring Morning News for more than 20 years. I thought I had seen and covered it all. Then came coronavirus, a pandemic, anchoring in my living room, homeschooling my kids, and all the things that come with COVID, including a vaccine. It was supposed to get us all back on track living our best Instagrammable lives. Best lives-ish. The reality is we're still untangling what life looks like in a world post-pandemic. A lot of people describe a sense of never-ending overwhelm and anxiety. Is that just what life is like now? Or are there ways we can get back to living in the now? And this season of The Dying Ask Podcast is asking how we can hit the restart and start living again. Patrick Quinn, thanks for joining me on The Dying Ask Podcast.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. Um you know, I get a lot of media pitches from a lot of companies and a lot of parenting related ones because I work on a morning news program. You are one of the very first dad experts who has come in. Parenting experts who's dad is what I really meant by that. Right. Um, why is it that there aren't more men kind of in that field and and you know, kind of in that
1: expert or advisory role? You know, there there actually are. I I I've been involved with Dad bloggers, dad influencers, for so long that there are so many of them out there, but they pale in comparison just to the number of females that are that are in the same space. So, even though there are quite a few of us out there who uh, who are great, you know, great content creators and great, you know, parenting experts in different aspects, they they we are just blown away by the number of uh, of women that are in the space. And I'm not really sure why that is. You know,
0: so you're not the unicorn I thought you
1: were. I mean, maybe, but you know, (laughs) but there are, you know, there are quite a few. Um, There's even conferences for dad influencers and things like that, that uh, yeah, you you can find a lot of us out there. So
0: that's interesting. Yeah. It's maybe it's just that maybe there aren't as many in kind of advisory or big roles at companies as big as Brainly like you are. Maybe that's the difference.
1: Yeah, that could be possibly. Yeah. And I just happened to, to sort of stumble into this one because of work I was doing in another space and they were like whoa you have all these these this background and credentials like you know can we work together and I was like yeah absolutely because I love okay company, well take so. me down that
0: rabbit hole how did this oh, come sure. about because from what I read your background was you worked in special ed in middle I did, school yeah. students
1: yeah I was um I taught special ed science and English for sixth seventh and eighth graders in east New York Brooklyn for a number of years um I used to be a junior lifeguard instructor, so I was working with kids even before I was a teacher, um, and then, you know, had my own kids, and eventually I started working um, with a couple of my partners on a website called Life of Dad, um, and we grew that website over the course of about 10 years or so to be one of the biggest parenting sites in the world, especially on the fatherhood side, um, and that was just, you know, creating video content, written content, uh, doing speaking engagements and all about, you know, parenting, specifically from a father's perspective. Um, so all that background kind of blended in to uh, for them to say, hey, you're kind of like a parenting expert. And I have three kids. So, you know, it would be weird <laughs> if I didn't. It would be a strange hobby. Um, but uh, so. So, yeah, so they, they we, we kind of connected. I kind of connected with Brainly because of all that. And uh, and it's been working out great.
0: Interesting. So for people who are not familiar with what Brainly is, can you explain it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Brainly is an educational software company that basically the best way to describe it is it's an online study group for kids to get homework help. Um, and it's worldwide. I mean, legitimately worldwide. It started over in, uh, in Europe. And if somebody's struggling with any subject, let's say it's math or, you know, science or whatever it is, they can go on to Brainly and type in a question. And then kids that are their age will be able to, get back to them and say, oh, I'm really good at that. Let me help you. So, you know, they'd be on there and just saying, you know, like, oh, here you go, Deirdre. Um, The best way to find this solution is this. So you're the kids are learning from kids their age, and it kind of brings it down to their level and helps them to understand the subjects a lot better, better maybe than, you know, an individual teacher will be able to do. It's getting that one-on-one stuff, but even with kids your age. Um, And then from the flip side of that is once kids really start using Brainly to get the help, they want to start giving help also. So if somebody's really good at math and they're on there, you know, trying to get a social studies problem and trying to help figure out, you know, the problem with there, they might see that some other kid is struggling with this math problem. They say, hey, let me help them out. And they jump on and help the other person. And it just reinforces their learning for the stuff that they're already strong with. So You so you know what I
0: love about the concept is that sometimes kids, if they're struggling in one subject, it's very easy for them to say, I'm not smart. And the reality is that we're smart smart or better at certain subjects than others. You know, like some kids are math kids. Some kids are not grammar kids. But maybe then, you know, you're able to share and it shows them that they are good at certain things, but maybe they need to focus a little bit more time on others.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's a great life lesson to be able to to recognize like, hey, you know, I, I am not strong in this area, so it's good to rely on others for that. It's, it's something that's wonderful in the workplace when you're able to say like, man, I stink at that. But, you know, Frank over there, he's going to kill it for me so we can partner up that way. So yeah. in a sense, it's a life lesson in, in that way. But yeah, it is is—it is nice that the kids are able to, you know, then recognize what they are strong with and how they can help each other. And, you know, once they do start helping, kids are always jumping on to do it more because it just feels good. It feels good to help somebody else and to get those, Little badges from Brainly saying you know you're uh, you're helping kids more or not more often and not so yeah it's a, it's a great, great site.
0: That, that idea of like the badges, I mean, Peloton does the same thing, you know, (laughs) different, different kind of product, but that (laughs) the gamification of a lot of these online services is really critical. And the reality is that for a lot of our kids, it's very motivating because that's what they're doing in their fun time anyway.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's just that one thing to move towards, you know, I just want this one more badge, this other reward. Um, my kids love Duolingo because of that. And they, they compete against each other, you know, trying to learn Spanish. And they're always like, I'm at this level. I just got this, you know, whatever badge. So they're always using it for that. And Brainly is the same way, you know, where the kids get that kind of thing. But I'm with you on the, on, on the Peloton. Well, I'm, I'm literally not. I haven't been on my Peloton in a while, but, you know, <laughs> but, but that gamification thing, it's like, man, I, I want to get in the top this so I can get that next right. level or whatever it is. So yeah, it, it works for everybody. You know
0: what? Whatever motivates you is, is what matters regardless of exactly. what age you are, I think. Yeah. Um, okay. So Bradley just did a really interesting survey about procrastination. Shocker. Kids are still procrastinating like they did when you and I were kids. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, no, it's, it's completely, I mean, obviously that we, everybody's going to always be doing that, but, uh, but yeah, they did a survey and they asked, I think it was 1700 kids about you know when they procrastinate and what help what what is the motivator for procrastinating, um, and we got some really like kind of interesting results. Some of it's not super shocking. Some of it is a little bit more like eye-opening than, uh, than I would have expected it to be. So, yeah.
0: Okay. So you are a quote parenting expert quote, um, yes. what, you know, and I'd love to know what your wife thinks of that.
1: Um, but what <laughs> You're going to what... get a big eye roll.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what, what jumped out at you when you looked at the results as a, you know, a former educator and, you know, current parenting expert, what really jumped out at you as like, good, bad, and ugly.
1: Yeah. I mean, nothing jumped out really to like be super surprising in terms of the the amount that kids are procrastinating. I mean, it's just, it's just the way, the way of the world. And especially now with kids having so many different distractions around the house that maybe we didn't, you know, uh, like I didn't even have cable or remote control when I was little. So it was just like homework or go outside and play. So, you know, you got to do one or the other. Um, Well, we're about the
0: same age. We had four channels. And if, you know, the rerun of the Andy Griffith show wasn't on at a certain time, like you went, you did something else, right?
1: Exactly. There's only so much Three's Company you can watch before you're done with it. So
0: (laughs) there's only so um, much Three's Company you should watch. Right. Yeah, (laughs) that's true.
1: Um, But sidebar,
0: isn't it funny? that that's what we were watching in the afternoons
1: episode. After 100% school. yeah so yeah, inappropriate we could all connect on that you know yes
0: <laughs> all right gen x moment there going uh,
1: moving on so so yeah but i was i was what i was surprised with was that kids were admitting that a lot of the times their procrastination wasn't just like entertainment motivated or just like sheer laziness but it was that they were you know feeling anxious about getting something started that maybe they didn't know how to get started you know they didn't know how to work on this this essay project for English or something like that. Or, you know, so so they really just needed that motivation to get them going. And doesn't that
0: sound familiar as an
1: adult? It, one hundred. I I was, I mean, literally before this, I got a message from from somebody I work with that says, hey, I'm still waiting on those numbers I need. And I was like, oh man, I need to get, I need to get that thing that I've been putting off for a while done. But it's one of those things where it's like, once I start, it'll be done but i haven't started it you know i haven't gotten into it the way i should and it's the same thing for the kids you know once they once they really get going then it makes it easier and that's why like like something like brainly is great because if somebody's struggling with hey how do i start something like this how do i you know approach this uh this essay i need to write or you know what kind of what way can i think about this historical thing that happened um they can go on and talk to other kids and they can give them prompts they can help them out to kind of find that path and get the work going that way. So mm-hmm. it kind of removes I mean, what, that anxiety.
0: What you're, coming, what you're talking about is coming up with your own personal process to get your butt in gear. What's interesting is after two years of pandemic life, that's easier said than done because a lot of these kids, depending on what part of the country you're listening to this right now, a lot of these kids were at home for 18 months. And there was, not only was there a new set of rules, in many cases, there were no rules. And so all of a sudden going back into a lot of structure and no, this really is due today. Um, no, we're not going to extend it. Has been a rough transition for a lot of families.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, and, you know, I think like out in California, it's you guys are finally getting back in and here in Texas where I am, they, it, it you know, it's been a while, um, but yeah, transitioning from the home back to it to into in-person or, Vice versa, going to, going home from you know in person all the time um, that caused a lot of anxiety, you know, in a ton of different ways. And there was actually um, Brainly did a few different surveys on that uh, about kids' anxiety levels and you know how they're working comparatively to you know back in the day. And um, yeah, so there were there was a lot of anxiety with that stuff. So the transitions again back to in person, you know, and yeah, you, you have to face the music when it comes to, <laughs> if your stuff's due, it's due, you know, you can't just click off on zoom and be like, well, I, you know, I could just disappear the fact that, you know, Miss Smith needs, needs that math homework done. Like you're going to be seeing the people and you need to, uh, to be performing again. So,
0: and yeah. again, parallels for adults right now. Yeah. <laughs> so all of this, even if you're listening to this right now and you don't have kids, look, we're really talking to everybody here. All yeah. right. So let's, let's talk about like, um, when it comes to procrastination, what What is the biggest long term challenge of it when it comes, say to a kid, do you think
1: yeah, I mean once if if somebody really gets into the habit of procrastinating then rushing work at the end and they do that consistently, that just becomes their operating their way of operation, you know that's their they're going to do that, and they can carry that on through adulthood and you know it'll make them less successful in the long run, so if you develop these small habits to make sure that things are done on time recommend let kids recognize that you know people are going to be waiting on this work you know make make sure they know that you shouldn't work on a 10-page product project the night before you know let's start figuring out how to work your timing in those are all really valuable life lessons that they can kind of carry on through their life and be able to be more successful be more accountable and be a a a better person to work with, a better teammate. Everybody here, I'm sure everybody's worked with somebody and they're like, Oh my gosh, Brian again, you know, he did, he's, we're waiting on him again. And you don't want your kids to be that person. And that, and a lot of that can come from procrastinating and learning those unfortunate procrastination skills of, you know, put it off, put it off, put it off, rush it all at the end. So, um, yeah. So really just getting the kids into the habit of not procrastinating, it'll be, it'll work wonders for them in the long term.
0: It's challenging, though, because number one, they have far more interesting things to do in the afternoon, or more compelling things than you and I did. And number two, um, their sense of time is very different than the way we grasped time as kids in that most of them don't wear watches anymore. Um, And they also are used to a lot of things in life being on demand. Um, So that you can pull up like you forgot the book you were supposed to read at school. We can download the ebook, we can pull it from the library, something Mm. like that. Um, Is how do you work around some of these like modern day tech challenges that maybe families might be facing because kids get home from school and they're tired. First thing they say is I just want to relax with a little bit of Minecraft or maybe that's just my house
1: that is not just your house okay good there's never a good time you know it's I just got home or okay then we'll do it later then it's like oh but I just want to watch this show before bed you know so there's never going to be an ideal time for the kids you know when they come home so um really just setting up that 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 time for yourself maybe make that structure not for yourself for your family Mm -hmm. make a structure and really stick to it and show the kids that hey this is We're not negotiating on this. Like, this is the time that we're going to do your work, get it all knocked out, get it finished. But then, you know, maybe make sure they recognize that once they do have that time done, they have all this free time afterwards. You know, they don't have to think about it anymore. We don't have to like, you know, send your kid off to the the room to start working on their homework when they want to sit down with the family and watch a movie or anything like that. So um, getting that all set up for yourself is great. But on the flip side of that, with... The on-demand stuff. Um, some of the technology is really great for that kind of stuff, where you know you're you're able to um, kind of find the answers or find processes that you we we that you and I would not have been able to. Um, one of the things I, I, I'm thinking about with Brainly, their app on their phone, you can just hold the camera up to a math problem, and it breaks down the how to get to the answer for you. So. Hold the camera up. It scans it. You say, yes, this is the problem. And it says, okay, do you want to solve for X? Do you want to solve for Y? And it gives you a bunch of different examples of how to get to it. So the kids are able to look and they're able to find the process and get that on demand, which is huge as a parent, because I can't help my kids with, the, yeah. with that math homework anymore. Um, so it, it's really helpful for the parents. It's helpful for the kids. Um, and another way that you can maybe avoid some of the procrastination, because you can say, I know you don't understand it right now. I know you maybe don't know this process, but why don't we jump on here and figure out together how to to get it done?
0: Yeah, and so, I mean, really, you gotta be a part of that process and using the technology with them, because you're right. I mean, I know that my nine-year-old self might've used something like that for nefarious things, right? (laughs) So, you know, being being involved and kind of knowing what's going on is
1: definitely, you know, critical as you develop those systems. For sure, yeah, definitely, yeah. And, and one thing, a good thing about it, at least Brainly is that it really is, it's not just like an answer farm. It um, it really helps the kids to understand the process and, you know, gives them really good breakdowns, especially if it's coming from the other kids. Um, it gives it really good breakdowns. It's monitored by AI to make sure that it's not only correct to answer, but the process is correct. And also subject matter experts are on there all the time, scouring the content, making sure that things are uh, are correct. And, and again, not just like, you want the answer here's the answer there's no learning it's it, it <laughs> is here's how you get to right. the 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 uh and end game there. You know, you want to be able to really understand it. Yeah.
0: Put on your teacher hat for a minute. Talk about kid energy and how and maybe what it looks like throughout the day. Cause I know my adult energy, I can't process and put thoughts together by about seven, eight o'clock at night. It's just not happening. So anything important, I definitely make sure I do it at certain hours of the day. Kids have got to be exactly the same way when it comes to homework. So to me, that like really would speak to taking advantage of that time when the brains are still somewhat. Fresh-ish. Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. Um, and one of the big things also with that is not just, you know, not just a timing, but make sure when your kids are getting home from school, give them a snack, give them some water, let them replenish a little bit, maybe before they dive into it, because there, there will be, they'll, they'll be in a slump usually when they're coming home. And it's, and it's going to be especially hard right in this period, um, specifically in California, if kids are going back to school and back into a big environment for the first time. They haven't had that sort of, you know, stimulation all day know, maybe a long time with all the noise, the different people, the, you know, moving around. So they're going to be, it's going to be a little bit trickier after school, especially, you know, kids are going to be wiped out. I remember the first time I went back to the office, I came home and I, I felt like I had run a marathon and I, I, was like, I didn't even know, I wasn't even standing today. I was just sitting all day, but I was just so completely exhausted. And I just realized it was just the interaction and the, you know, the amount of people and all that stuff. So, um, so yeah, be mindful of those slumps, but always, if you can get them, give them a healthy snack, nothing too heavy so that they're not bogged down, mm-hmm. but that'll help them to kind of refocus, feel better, and they'll feel happier about possibly doing it. You know, everybody knows kids, even adults are like toddlers, you know, oh, you're feeling cranky here, you have a snack and then your friends are better, you know? And you so can be true. talking to somebody who's forty-eight years old, and it works. It's just the same. You know, as a you private. know what's so funny
0: It's like, you know, your parenting advice really is just like human advice, <laughs> yeah, regardless exactly. of the age.
1: <laughs> yeah, precisely. Um, it so all yeah, goes but, back but,
0: to the same thing.
1: Yeah, but those timings are 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 important. And like you said, like later at night, uh, man, you're just not going to get the uh, most. Most of us will not get the um, the same results as they will if they're doing no. it earlier when they're a little more sharp. They're a little more into it. And yeah,
0: I know. I think back to all those like all nighters that like literally started at midnight in college. What a waste of time. (laughs) What a colossal (laughs) waste of time. I wish I had learned to get up early back then, but you know.
1: Uh, see, I've always been an early person, but then I get up early, and I'm like, "Well, what can I do instead of my work?" <laughs> now that I have this beautiful morning ahead of me.
0: <laughs> all right, so all that great procrastination advice—apply it to adults, apply it to everybody—and hopefully you get more done. Um, exactly. Let me switch gears. I want to talk to you a little bit about this pivot you made, you know, career-wise, and and how you got into this creative space. Because I think a lot of people hear it and they're like, "How do you actually do that?" So when you were doing the the website, like, what made you you think i should create parent content
1: you know it was actually like i had moved away from new york and that's why i i stopped teaching because i moved to a place where i moved out to hawaii and the pay cut would have been so drastic that i was like well for the amount of work that i know (laughs) it takes at this point i'm going to do something different um and then a few years later it was actually the website was started by uh my brother-in-law Um, who started it almost as like just a personal blog, because his daughter was born with a congenital heart defect. But I'd always done creative writing just as a hobby. So he asked, he was like, hey, do you want to join and start creating some parenting content? And, you know, I started this site called Life of Dad. And I was like, yeah, sure. So, um, so I started just writing some funny stories, some funny like anecdotes about like, you know, my role as a parent, and you know, what I'm observing about my kids and stuff and eventually it just kept growing and growing and we started getting a few different you know this is all this is not something planned it was a strictly hobby for the first couple of years it was just like an outlet something fun to do you know let's make some content it's let's make some some really ridiculous videos about being parents you know things like that um and eventually it just started growing and growing so everything that we did to make the site as you know as successful as it was it was strictly by accident. It was just trial and error, you know, it it was create 500 pieces of content that get okay traction. And then, you know, the 501st all of a sudden is on like ABC News and NBC and, you know, it's on, it's, it's, it's in the news in, in Italy for some reason, you know, and you never know what's going to hit. And we had a couple of those throughout the years and it helped us to grow our audience. And now, you know, I think there's, four million Facebook followers for life of dad. We have private communities within that group that even just the private communities have, you know, tens of thousands of, of people. It would be like single dads group. You know, we have the divorce dad group. We have the dads of daughters group. So things like that, where they're all kind of supportive of each other. Um, do you remember and, the first bit of video that you created that went viral like that? Yes, I do. Um, I came up with a concept of getting a bunch of dads all across the country to sing the Little Mermaid um, song, you know, uh, Part of Your World. Um, How does that where, go? <laughs> look at this stuff. Isn't it neat? <laughs> Wouldn't you think my collection's complete? So we had like all these different dads in different professions, you know, a janitor, a barber, um, a doctor. And we spliced it all together. A couple of, I have my brother who's a fireman and is my brother-in-law. They're in the same firehouse in New York City. They were singing it in their firehouse. And we spliced it all together. So it created this one song. And at the end, it's kind of like, almost like a reveal that each dad is singing to their daughters because it doesn't matter like who they are. So we did that. We put that out there. And then all of a sudden, I think it was like the Huffington Post picked it up first. And then it just started going and going and going. And then it was on the morning news shows. And so... We had that one. And then the Cheerios challenge, which was stacking. Which Cheerios. went viral. Yes, it went viral. That President is such Obama a dad thing. Did it. Yeah.
0: Explain <laughs> to people it what, what it Obama. is. I remember this, but explain to people what the Cheerios challenge was. Yeah,
1: yeah. it was, Um. I, basically I just made a meme. It was my, my son was six weeks old at the time and he was sleeping on my legs. And I had a little bowl of Cheerios next to me from my other older son. And I just started stacking them on his nose to see how high I can get it. And it kept tipping over and falling on his face. And he was still sleeping and it was hilarious. It just kept being so funny. And I eventually got like four Cheerios, five or something like that. I took a picture and I made a meme and said, you know, take the Cheerios challenge, how many can you stack? And we had been talking to Cheerios already anyway as like a, to see if we can maybe make a partnership but we'd never kind of put something together. I put that out there. And the next thing I know, you know, my son's on the news in Singapore, he's in Australia. Our friends from Australia, these dad bloggers were like, like, Hey, you know, you're, you guys are on the news out here. And we're like, what? That's crazy. Um, and it, yeah, it went around the world, like crazy. Like, like with everybody stacking Cheerios. And the funny thing was, is that I was using Trader Joe's. It wasn't even Cheerios and I did it. <laughs> did you end up getting the Cheerios gig? I well, yeah. We eventually started working with them. Um, they actually sent me this uh, box. No. Here, uh,
0: okay. Tell Patrick. people what for people who aren't
1: are listening. Yes. Or you're, you're listening, it. Tell them what you I got. have doing. I have a framed Cheerios box. It's in, not in a frame, it's in like a case with my name across it. So it's a regular Cheerios box, but it says Patrick across it. So
0: that is, I mean, I mean, you know, you've arrived when? <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> so the cheer, yeah. So that went really well. And, uh, and that was another one of those things where it was just propulsive growth for our website and then you know more parents joining it from around the world more dads joining the group um we always had like our audience always skewed a little more more to the women though we always had like a 51 49 split of women as our followers so it's still pretty um,
0: good though i would yeah. say i yeah, would say it was great. um it was that was that like super cool a little bit overwhelming cuz all of a sudden like your kids being shown around the world or maybe a
1: little combo of both. A little bit of co- a little combination. Um, one thing I was really happy about, like I, I'm just I'm an open book. I'm like, hey, you know, ready to put everything out there. But um, my wife was always very conscious about, like, do not put their names on things. Make sure you know, like, if there if there's a picture of the kids, make sure there's no identifying anything around it. I um, love your
0: wife. Yeah, She's a yeah, smart <laughs> lady.
1: <laughs> exactly. So very smart. <laughs> yeah. So she would always, you know check my stuff to make sure when i'm putting stuff out there um but one thing that i was always conscious of myself even before you know my wife was uh was really keeping me alert on it was that i was never writing about the kids really i was any content that i was making it was more like my reaction to being a parent you know i would never put them as the butt of a joke or anything like that or you know call them out in in negative ways at all it was more just like know one of my more popular articles was uh was dropping my kids off at the school's drop-off lane and you know realizing what a disaster my car is and how embarrassing it is for me that like you know how how messy it is and all that kind of stuff so um that that was the kind of content we made but yeah it was always a little bit much like trying to kind of manage that um how much can i share how much should i not like what can we keep put out there, you know, cause my daughter might've been fine with something when she was six, but then you know, as a 15-year-old, she probably would be like, not believe <laughs> that that is living on the internet right now. So,
0: yeah, so. well, I, I'll give you a compliment. I, I really enjoy your content. And I think that you do hit that really, um, sweet spot of talking about these universal truths that we all identify with as parents, regardless of where we live or how we live or who we live with. Um, there are some things that are just universal things of being a mom or a dad. And you've done just a really nice job. And it's really also nice to see somebody who's been able to emerge with that content without kind of throwing their kid under the bus. Because you're right, as kids get older, their opinions of these things do tend to change.
1: For sure. Yeah. That's why I was so happy to have my, like, looking back, I'm so happy to have my, that I had my wife there to kind of mitigate what I was putting out there because you know and I, I remember at the time giving pushback sometimes being like, Oh, come on, this is this will be fine, you know? And yeah, because let's like, be honest, nope. you know what's gonna hit. Like yeah. you know what will hit. Yeah <laughs> exactly. But, <laughs> I, you know. I mentioned
0: your wife earlier, but I'm I'm curious, does she tease you a little bit about being kind of the parenting expert?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Like when I tell when I'm she's like, You you, you're the parenting expert? She's like, <laughs> Yeah, what what are you what are any of our kids' teachers' names? And I'm like, uh she's always always the one doing scheduling and you know making sure you're getting out to the meetings and stuff like that and uh i'd be i'd be a little hopeless without her in those senses but you know so but she doesn't like have the uh, the credentials I do.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. Got a lot of alphabet soup after name. Well, as we wrap up, let me let me ask you, um, what would be your advice to people who who kind of are making different you know changes in their life and kind of pursuing different things? You strike me as somebody who's been able to navigate through a couple of different fields, but using the previous field to build on the next one, which is really like you couldn't have choreographed in any better than that. What would be your advice to people who are maybe creating that content and putting it out there in terms of moving it to a next level? Level.
1: Yeah, I mean, definitely. I, I, I've literally built a, a new career um, in marketing based off of my stuff with Life of Dad that I stumbled into. I stumbled into influencer marketing, and now that's what I do for, you know, my main gig is influencer marketing, which I didn't even know what I was doing when I was doing it. So anybody, if you're starting off something, you know, just take it slow. Join as many groups as you can that are in those spaces so you can kind of understand it a little bit more. And one of the biggest things is just ask people ask help from any sort of experts you can find that are out there. They're so easy to get in touch with and everybody's usually happy to help out you know I people contact me and they ask me about, you know, like, hey, you know I have this thing going or this writing I'm doing can you help me with this or I sold, a, my, my partners and I, we sold a TV show to Nickelodeon that is made in Israel. Um, so I have people sending me scripts and saying, can you look this over for me, So I'm always happy to help. So it's just getting into those communities, looking, you know, looking up the people that would help you advance in what, whatever it is you're doing, and just go at it slowly, take it, take your time with it. And it takes years, you know, don't, don't expect things to turn around quickly. I, I did life of dad stuff without ever earning a penny for the first, I think five years. And it was consistent work at it for a number of years. So sometimes that's just the way it has to be, but um, yeah, take your time and just keep going, but yeah, reach out to people and ask for the advice and the help that, and, and people, people are there to give it to you.
0: I always tell people that, you know, the, the best question you can ever ask anyone in an interview is tell me about yourself. Cause people love to talk about themselves. Cause we never really listen, you know, or find (laughs) out, but there's nothing more interesting than somebody telling you to to find out like, what is the first thing they'll tell you about themselves? You know, it tells you a lot. And, uh, people will almost always, especially if you ask for help on something, usually they'll say yes.
1: They really will. Yeah. 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 I mean, I was interviewing with, I mean, even though I was doing influencer marketing stuff for a while, I was interviewing with the company. I'm with a different company at one point and I can't find his book right now, but there's a guy who wrote one of these books about uh, strictly about that. And I just hit him up on Twitter. And next thing you know, we're Facebook friends and we're chatting and he helped me get through, you know, some, some specific questions that I didn't, I was, you know, talking about our kid the kids before, you know, if you're lacking in one spot space, you know, don't be afraid to admit that. So I told him, I was like, Hey, I don't know the B2B space. Can you help me with that? And he was like, absolutely. So he kind of jumped on and we had a few meetings together, helped me out. And it was, uh, what it was great, great
0: advice. Yeah. Okay. What I can let you go without finding, if you can explain something I have tried to understand in the last few years, what is it about the dad jokes? <laughs> I have two sons. <laughs> My husband, I'm surrounded by boys and it's nonstop dad jokes. Oh, Why? Just
1: so simple and so, so dumb. <laughs> that's <laughs> all. There is there is no other reason.
0: <laughs> they're just not going away, are they?
1: Yeah, no, no, this will this'll this will follow you.
0: <laughs> Do you have one? Do you have one that's like your go-to dad joke these days?
1: Um man, I really like the one where you say you have to you have to the setup has to be that nobody's gonna expect that there's gonna be a joke, but you say oh, did you hear about that actress that got stabbed, um, Reese? And then the person usually would be like, Witherspoon? And you say, no, it was with a knife. And that's the whole joke. You know, it's so stupid, but it's it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's so satisfying. <laughs> exactly. It's fantastic. So,
0: Well, it's been so much fun talking to you today. You, I knew this was going to be fun, but you like took it up 17 levels. So I Hooray. super appreciate it. What I are some great, great time ways time for it. people to keep up with your work on Brainly and some of your other projects?
1: Um, just brainly.com. Um, you know, it's a great spot. It's great for parents. It's great for kids um, jump on there and you, you go and explore and yeah, it's, it's going to be helpful.
0: Great. And then how about you in terms of social and some of the other stuff you do?
1: Oh man. Um, all my life of dad stuff is still, it's, I, I don't do make, create too much content for it now, but lifeofdad.com life of dad on Facebook on uh, and the life of dad show on Instagram. So that's some of the, uh, some of the handles you can go and check out. Awesome. Patrick,
0: thank you very much. Appreciate it.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it.
0: There are some guests you end a show with and you're like, bye-bye. Nice. enjoyed the conversation. But like you hang up pretty much right away because you both need to move on to other things. Patrick and I ended up hanging out for another 15 or 20 minutes just kind of talking. And uh, he really is such an interesting guy. And I love that literally each phase of his life, professionally and personally, led him to the next. And that is just such a great... Reminder that our experiences, even if you don't think are going to be linked to your next big thing, usually are. So take advantage of the opportunities that come your way. Thanks for listening to the Dying to Ask podcast. I'd love it if you could take a second and leave a rating or review wherever you're listening to the show right now. And we'll see you next time on Dying to Ask.